0: You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.
1: One, two, three. One. Is now on ESPN Radio.
0: It's amazing the way that everything travels these days and just, you know, the way that the news cycle works. It's sometimes it blows my mind. Sometimes I got to listen a little, you know, old school country to feel a human again. Welcome back to On Us Now, ESPN Radio. Tommy's been showing me all about uh, all the ways that chat GPT can... Uh, what he thinks better your life, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that we want to give full control or any control, uh, for that matter, to the machines. But uh, there is some pretty impressive technology out there. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But we won't go down that rabbit hole because we've got a ton of other much more positive and fun things to talk about. Just sitting in the first hour of today's show, the news of the day, Darian White, Montana State, uh, all-time great point guard will play a fifth season of eligibility, but she will do it elsewhere. Uh, She has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, That comes on the heels of Josh Bannon, a former Grizz power forward, uh, foregoing his senior year to pursue professional aspirations in Melbourne, Australia. So a couple of the best players in the Big Sky Conference, a couple of the best players in the Big Sky from Montana uh, are on their way out the door. So we discussed all of that. We also continued our Major League Baseball preview series with Sean Rainey of SWX Montana Television. We broke down the Eastern divisions today, the American League East and the National League East. And we also gave you some wings and uh, learned about uh, a tennis player uh, from the 19-teens and 1920s as part of our history lesson. You can find all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Well, even though it snowed all weekend long, we're actually in the midst of spring ball at the college level, and we have Pro Days coming up in the state of Montana next week. So we have an NFL Pro Day-style ESPN roundtable for you this week. Coulter Nuwana coming to you on ESPN Radio, joined now by Patrick O'Connell, an All-American linebacker for the University of Montana, who will be one of several Grizzlies participating in the Pro Day here in Missoula next week patty thanks for joining us man how you been doing i've been doing good thanks for having me first of all i, I ran into you uh, over the winter break and uh, you told me that you were headed down to florida and i was so stoked for you because i know i've known some guys uh, from the big sky that have went and trained down there in orlando uh, with coach tom Shaw, who's one of the most revered uh, speed coaches in the country so i uh, just take us through and give people the update what's the last couple of months been like and just just tell people about your experience down there in florida yeah of
2: course um it's kind of been a crazy 3 months. It's I mean, it's it's gone so fast, but yet so slow at the same time. These last couple weeks have been kind of dragging, you know, just in anticipation to get to to April 4th and to the pro day, but you know, it was a good time down in Orlando. Um in Coach Shaw's program. Uh, I think he runs a great program and um um I'm excited to to put forward all the work that that I've put in and um, obviously uh, there's a couple differences between Montana and Florida, but that's why I'm here right now getting used to it again. And um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Montana boy at heart, so it's not too hard to get used to again, but I'm excited. Like I said,
0: just give us just your, your average day. Hey, you know, take us through this. When you, when you waking up? When are you eating? Uh, mm-hmm. How much training is actually involved in this? Just give us just like the average day in your life the last three months. Yeah. Um,
2: so typically I would wake up at 6:30. Um I would hit a quick shower just to wake up real quick. Um and then I would have a breakfast before my workout um which was basically the same thing every single day. Um and then we would start our workouts around 8:30 and that was always um in the gym first so we would we'd hit the weights first. That'd be 8:30 to 10:30 typically. And then from there we would go onto the field. Um, usually by the time we're warmed up it's about eleven. So, um, we'd do our running drills and stuff, usually from eleven to one to sometimes one thirty, just depending on the day. Um, then we'd go home. Um, you know, same thing, just have some lunch. Usually a pretty big lunch, you know, get your protein in, everything like that. Um And then from there you'd have a couple hours to just kinda chill out and then we'd go back to the gym around four and do recovery work for about an hour and a half. And then go back home and then it's dinner time and then after dinner time usually hit the hit the hot tub, something like that, um do some more stretching and then go to bed and wake up and do it all over.
0: And it's basically that for, you know, the last three months and it's been an awesome time. Patrick O'Connell joining us, former Grizz All-American linebacker, now prepared himself to get a shot in the NFL. Grizz Pro Day next week, April 4th to be specific, so we'll keep you up to date on how the uh, Grizz do the ESPN Roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Go check out the Final Four on Saturday down there at Paradise Falls, located on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street. they got 22 big-screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No better place you should watch the Final Four. Go check out Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Uh, Pat, I know that you, you've been a guy that's put a priority on, on taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, uh, but just mm-hmm. having even more of an emphasis on it and having so much more time to do it. I mean, how, how much different is this routine than, say, you know what your routine was last summer leading up to the, the season? Is it drastically different? Is it is it similar? Just compare and contrast. Yeah, it's uh,
2: definitely different, you know. Um, every summer, um, with my time with the Grizz, I would also have a, a job too, just to right. pick up some extra cash, have some spending money too. So, um, it's not like I was shorting myself of work cause we were getting, getting all the work in and stuff. But, um, but this time, you know, it's, it's a hundred percent all into, um, the off season training because, uh, luckily for me, I, uh. I was able to get a good agent and everything so I, I was set up really nicely and um <clears throat> but yeah it's it's a little different training. This is uh um this is more for like, you know, you're getting your speed work in, you're getting your your cutting in and um I was also down there to gain a little weight as well, so um it's just a little bit different training than, than what I've been doing in the past for football, um, because Right now, you're you're getting ready for a pro day. <clears throat> a pro day. You're not getting ready for um, a complete season until um, until the draft comes up here. So, yeah, it, it it's a little different. Um, there's some similarities and obviously some differences too. So, but like I said, it was an awesome
0: time. I had a great time down there. ESPN Roundtable: Patrick O'Connell joining us here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. No matter how you're tuning in, thanks so much for being here. How about the, just the process of sort of uh, getting ready for this experience, like as a pro? I mean, take us through just getting an agent. Who is your agent, by the way? And and just take us through the experience of of, get, of getting that person, and then you know just going through all the steps that's going to take to get up to this pro day.
2: Yeah, um, like I said, I have a really good agent. I I like what he does for me and everything. His name's Cameron Foster. Um, he's based out of Seattle. He worked with a lot of guys Um, around these parts. Yeah, yeah, he's worked with some guys before. Um, He
0: worked with Brock Coyle. I was going to say, I'm pretty um, sure Brock's agent was was Cam. So, yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that was honestly a huge part of my um, decision-making was talking to Brock and um, discussing with him about, you know, um, who Cam is as an agent, who he is as a man, um, stuff like that. So Brock was a big factor in... um, and me choosing Cam as well, um, and you know Brock. Brock's been awesome to me as well. Just he's been there um, when I when I would reach out to him for advice and stuff like that. So I'm I'm thankful for him as well. Um, so yeah, it's been a good process, though.
0: So. Brock, one of my good buddies and uh, guy that uh, great friend of this show always comes on, and uh, it's it's great that you guys have been in communication because uh, definitely similar mm-hmm. paths uh, when it, when it comes to just sort of making this this first audition shine but also then proven and i guess reaffirming how good of a football player you are how how do you kind of balance that in your mind because like you said i mean you're going to be doing a bunch of drills Mm -hmm. in front of a bunch of scouts but it's your abilities as a football player that's probably probably going to ultimately you know help you make a roster if that's you know the scenario that plays out so i mean how do you sort of weigh those things and and what do you hope scouts Mm -hmm. see uh next week at the pro day
2: yeah like you said there's a there's a weird balance in there because right now, like I said, it's just training for this pro day. And, but right now that's the most important thing. And the only thing I've been thinking about for, for the last three months. Um, but there's also stuff within the training, you know, that, that helps you get better at football too. <clears throat> there's the heavy lifting and stuff. And then we do a bunch of position specific, uh, drills and stuff like that. So, um, like I said, it's a balance, but this is, like you said, it's the audition and the, it's the chance that I get right now to to show scouts what I can do. Um, all the tape is already out there. They can watch that. Um, that's that's already out there, like I said, and hopefully putting these numbers together with, with good tape um, leaves a good impression for them. And um, I just need a chance to shine, and um, I think based on – the past, I think everyone that's taken a shot on me, has, it's worked out for him, so like, I'm just asking for another chance to go out and strap it up and play some
0: football. You do, you're such a great player coming off the edge these last couple of years for Montana, but I know you can play mm-hmm. other versions of linebacker as well, so I guess two things. What do you hope the NFL sees you as, and, and do you care, or is this just a matter of maybe versatility helps you? I think the versatility in college helps me
2: but I don't think there's a lot of teams that will see me coming off the edge in the NFL, you know, it's just, right. a, it's just a different game. Um, like I think, and when I was in the hula bowl I was playing a true inside backer, um, playing the mic position. And, but like I said, the versatility in college definitely helps just, um, playing all around the field, playing every position helps a lot to, um, solidify that I can play multiple positions. Um, and I think that helps me as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh we'll see. I just think whoever wants to take a chance, like I said, and um I mean, I've played inside backer before i know I know how to do it, I know how to play there, and um I'm excited for the future.
0: So interesting because I was trying to think of a comp, and then I just dawned on me—it's so much like the transition that Dane Fletcher made uh, for Montana State in the mid-2000s, and then went and played inside linebacker uh, mostly for the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's certainly been done before by guys you know from the state of Montana before. Yeah, um, I think it's just going to take
2: a lot of uh, sitting down and getting used to playing that inside backer again. Um, just getting the fundamentals and. Um, getting the different drops down, I think is definitely important. Um, because I, I mean, I can see the run, I can diagnose the run and, and fill the holes. Um, but I think the biggest question would be, um, the pass drops and stuff like that, because, you know, most of the pass downs at my time at Montana, I've been rushing the quarterback. Um, so I think that's probably where teams are, are questioning a little bit, but I think, uh, with my ability and, with my athleticism, I can get it done for sure.
0: Patrick O'Connell here on the ESPN round table, former Grizz, all American linebacker, now NFL hopeful Grizz pro day next week, uh, here in Missoula. The ESPN round table is presented by paradise falls of Missoula. Uh, last couple of things for you, man. Uh, Have have you kept up with some of your other teammates? There's some guys that are aspiring here as well. Justin Ford, probably the other uh, main draw for the scouts, but some other guys that will certainly participate in pro day as well. Mm So uh, have you compared and contrasted with some of your teammates about uh, what this experience has been like? And if so, how are those guys doing?
2: Yeah, I've talked to a few of them. Um, I've talked to Marcus. We're pretty close. Um, He's been been having good uh, training sessions here in Missoula with Steve Thaler, and he, he likes where he's at right now. I talked to Justin a little bit. He's down in Miami um, and he was enjoying his time there. Um, He's, (laughs) I think he's going to have some pretty good numbers to show too. Um, And then, you know, my time, I just got back to Missoula a few days ago and stuff. So I saw, saw a few other players like Eli Alford and uh, Jaden Dawson, who are also going to be participating. Um, And they've just been here in Missoula local too, just training as well. So, It's good to see the guys, um, and it's good to to see them again. It's been a long three months without seeing the teammates, but everyone's been kind of in their own grind and doing their own thing, and once you get back, it's always good to see each other.
0: What's the transition been like mentally? You guys are such a tight-knit group, and you have such this common goal. and And these last couple of years, the older guys on the team seemed like they they shared such a good bond. So uh, sort of playing it all for one, one for all with this team goal in mind and then sort of transitioning into now a personal goal and chasing your NFL dreams, uh, what's that transition been like for you?
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird because the last you know five years of my life, you know, like you said, I've been the reason why I've been training is for to better the team, and now all of a sudden it just switches and um, you have to improve on yourself and um, work harder every single day for yourself. But I don't know. I, I haven't really thought of it like that necessarily. I just kind of have been putting the necessary work in and getting better every single day. Um, but I don't know. It, it kind of seems like like the mindset hasn't changed like too much If that makes sense, it's kind of hard to explain. No, I totally get it. um, Yeah, it's kind of still the same thing. You just show up and you do your work and um, you don't complain and you just get it done. And that's kind of how it's always been for me. Just uh,
0: show up and work hard. Well, that's sort of been one of the defining characteristics of your career, right? I remember the first time I interviewed you when you were first kind of a breakout guy there at Montana, and here we are now, you know, several years later, and you're multiple-time All-Big Sky guy. Uh, so what has been the thing that's kept you motivated through this whole process, and what has also given you just the belief in yourself that you seem to have? Yeah, I think the thing
2: that's kept me motivated, honestly, is just the, well, first and foremost, my just my family and the people around me those that uh, truly care about me and everyone that's kept me up, kept me on the right side for sure. Um, But then, like I said earlier, it's just the process of continually getting better every single day. I just love the the grind of it. I love everything around the game of football. You know, the film study, the weight room. I love practice. I love meeting with coaches. It's just what I do, and that's just – it's just what I love to do, so <clears throat> I hope I can continue to do that um, because I don't just love Saturdays or I don't just love Sundays. I love the whole week leading up to it, and I love to do everything that comes with the game, if if that makes sense to you. So it's just like a, a constant uh, improvement of myself that allows uh, me to get better for the team, and then that makes the team better. So it's just kind of part of that part of that daily grind that I love.
0: Constant improvement—a goal for all of us, or at least should be. Patrick O'Connell joining us, former Grizz oh, linebacker, pro day next week, April fourth to be specific. Uh, that's next Tuesday, so we'll have results for you as soon as it all goes down. But always an exciting time of year. Patty, thanks so much for joining us, man. Last thing for you, I just want to get your thoughts on the Grizz this year. We've been talking Grizz spring ball, and it is some of you know the, mm-hmm. the key storylines, and uh, you know obviously one of them is just the replacement of you know four. Really, really great players from the defense, including a couple guys you just named and mm-hmm. Marcus Wellnell and Justin Ford and yourself, and obviously Robbie Houck on his way out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's your take just on the Grizz? Because I know that uh, you're very familiar with a lot of these up-and-coming guys, especially linebackers. So uh, just give us a take on, on yeah. Montana, especially on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what these guys can do this year. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um. But potential doesn't you know, necessarily mean anything until you prove it. So uh, I think these guys will do a great job of stepping up and making plays. Like, uh, for instance, like Levi Janicaro did last year. And, you know, times when I got hurt and he stepped in and um, guys played their role to the best that they could. And I think they're going to up their game and, and do better. I know they got some a uh, couple of transfers that will also help them on the defensive side. Um, But it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think a couple of changes and stuff will be good for, for the defense. And I'm excited to watch them. I mean, you know, you're going to show up on Saturday. You're going to watch them fly around the field, no matter what, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to be a fast physical defense, just like we always are. Um, So that's never going to be a question. Um, But like I said, I'm excited. I don't know. I haven't been around the team as much, or around Missoula as much, so I don't know the whole uh, energy or the vibe around the team. But um, I'm excited to watch them, and um, I'm 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 rooting for them because there's a lot of guys that I played with, and a lot of guys
0: that I'm still close with. So um, I think it'll be a good year for them, though. Well, very good. Can't wait for football season already. But we got plenty of football talk for you. Over the next couple weeks, because next week, <laughs> yep. pro days at both Montana and Montana State, then the Grizz spring game upcoming next Friday from Washington Grizzly Stadium. And uh, then a couple weeks from then, Montana State will host their spring game as well. So we'll have tons of football talk for you, uh, all leading up to uh, the completion of spring ball and the NFL draft. Thanks to Patrick O'Connell for joining us here uh, on our ESPN roundtables. Good catching up, man. Thanks so much for making some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We will be uh, down there next Tuesday for Pro Day. Uh, As Patrick O'Connell mentioned there, other Grizz participants include Justin Ford, an All-American corner and defensive back, Marcus Wellnell, Eli Alford. Wellnell, obviously a linebacker like O'Connell. Eli Alford, who's a defensive tackle, and Jaden Dawson, who's also a cornerback. I'm sure there'll be maybe a couple other guys as well. Notably, Robbie Houck, The other departing All-American from the Grizz defense will not be participating because he already has a job at San Diego State as the recruiting coordinator. For Montana State, they'll be having a pro day uh, as well, and uh, it will include Willie Patterson, Jeffrey Manning, Ty Okada, Callahan O'Reilly, Tyrell Thomas, and James Campbell. So uh, just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't ever want to, like, analyze this before we see what these guys can do. Uh, but certainly a, a great opportunity for them. Uh, some hopefuls, for sure. Uh, if you got to the point of your football career where you've trained enough to have scouts come and see you, then you're playing a, You are at an incredibly high level. And if you know, somehow you try out and it doesn't quite work out for you, I mean, that's what I always say. That's what sports are all about. Is uh, giving your best, and sometimes your best isn't good enough. But if you gave your best, then that was good enough. And so uh, we'll see how these guys all play out. Uh, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how both O'Connell and Wellnell run, as well as Justin Ford. And it's going to come down the clock for those guys, uh, particularly O'Connell and Ford, because they are they have real deal aspirations. They played in some All Star games as as seniors, you know, know, following their senior years. And uh, if you got an agent that's sending you to Orlando to train with Todd Shaw then you're you're an NFL prospect for sure. And uh, O'Connell has a lot to be proud of uh, for making himself into that. I I mentioned it in the interview there, but I do think, and it only just recently dawned on me, his best comp is Dane Fletcher uh, from Montana State. Dane's a little taller than O'Connell. Dane's about 6'3", O'Connell's 6'2", but similar size. Uh, Dane played about 250 during his time at Montana State, and then he actually lost a little bit of weight to to play inside linebacker in the NFL. O'Connell... He's going to play stand-up inside linebacker. He he's about six-two, but he runs so well, and if he can continue to make that part translate, that uh, plus just the you know the heart and soul that he plays with, that's going to be the things that that put him over the top. As far as the Montana State guys go, uh, Ty O'Connor is incredibly undersized, but he's an you know, uh, elite tackler, and he also has such amazing position versatility. He proved that he can play a true nickel in a pretty uh, pro-style scheme. And he was very productive playing that spot. The other guy for MSU that I'm just so interested to see what happens when they put him on the clock is James Campbell. He was a quarterback turned receiver turned corner. He didn't really find his way until uh, late. uh, I guess his, his senior year, his junior and senior year, he was good at corner. And the pros of the back end of his senior year is great. But. Everybody around Montana State football has long proclaimed that James Campbell is and has been the fastest guy on the team. Well, they've had a couple guys that ran ran four fours on their pro days in, in uh, Travis Johnson and, and Troy Anderson. So don't put that pressure on James Campbell, but I think he's going to line it up. I think he's going to be faster than, than anybody maybe expects. And uh, the time alone will get him a little bit of intrigue for sure uh, if he can run like like everybody says he can run. It's our ESPN roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, dinner. They also have a full-service bar and a full-service casino as well. Great place to hang out, watch some Major League Baseball, watch some Final Four, congregate with family and friends alike. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hot spot. We'll talk NBA Hall of Fame, NBA playoff race, and some more baseball On the other side, don't change your dial. Keep it right here. Nawanas Now, ESPN Radio.
1: now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: Uh, I was so perplexed as to how possibly I could have missed the announcement of Counting Crows coming to Missoula. I figured it out though. The announcement came down the day after uh, my 10-day Road trip uh, escapades to a variety of basketball tournaments was uh, it was it was a Sunday morning coming down for a variety of different reasons driving back from Butte Montana and that's why I uh, totally spaced out that the, that counting uh, crows were were coming but they are and already sold out so if you want to give your boy a ticket that'd be great but either way I'm gonna track one down there's no question about it welcome back. New Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you're watching on TV, you see this sweet Rick Berry jersey I got behind me. That's courtesy of our good friends down at Zootown Sports Cards. Zootown Sports Cards hosting what has now become a seasonal occasion uh, here, uh, the Zootown Sports Cards memorabilia show. So they have cards and memorabilia uh, rocking and rolling all the time. But especially on Saturday, uh, down there, uh, they'll have vendors from all over the place. Uh, but it's a really cool deal. Uh, I'll be hanging out as well uh, for, for a little while at least. We're going to make a little family excursion. And uh, should be super fun. The NBA is winding down. There's only about, oh, I don't know, five, six games left in the, uh, the regular season. And um, we're to the point now where teams are jacking for position because for those that haven't been keeping track, there's two play-in teams. So now six teams make the outright playoff field, and then the seven, eight, nine, and ten teams play for the last two remaining spots. So that then causes for a lot of late-season drama. We're to the point now where either predictably or unpredictably, depending on which side of the coin you fall on, that the Dallas Mavericks are on the outside looking in. They're officially in 11th place. So if you got if you got Luka Doncic and you were in the Western Conference Finals last year, and uh, then you trade for Kyrie Irving, and it goes like this, uh, that's certainly not good. <laughs> certainly not good. Sorry, I was scrambling to, to remember to tell you where to meet for the Zootown Sports Cards uh, Sports and Memorability Show. And it's at the Hilton Garden Inn. I didn't want to tell you the wrong place because they have changed the venue since the last time I participated in it. So that's what's going down uh, on Saturday down there at the Hilton Garden Inn uh, from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. You can go check out Montana's largest sports cards and collectibles show. JSA Authentication will also be there. Anyways... The fact is that the Mavericks got a ton of decisions to make, particularly if this scenario holds and they don't make even the play-in round. They have, uh, objectively, a first-team All-NBA caliber talent in Luka Doncic, one of the great players a- on the earth right now. And they showed signs of breaking through last year, winning a couple playoff series, and going to the, the conference finals where they lost to the Golden State Warriors. But they have been nowhere close to that since. Uh, They didn't re-sign Jalen Brunson. There's a lot of debate whether they even could have or or what the scenario was there. Brunson was good for them and has been great for the Knicks. They traded for Kyrie Irving. That hasn't really gotten them very far either. And so it's just fascinating because now a couple of my favorite NBA podcasters, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, who talk NBA together a lot, On the Bill Simmons podcast, they were talking specifically about just the decisions that Dallas Mavericks GM Nico Harrison has to make upcoming. The tie that binds to us here in Montana. Well, Nico Harrison is a Montana State Hall of Famer and uh, was an all-league player on MSU's uh, 1996 tournament team. That uh, first, or I guess the second Bobcat squad uh, ever to go to the NCAA tournament with Mick Durham as the head coach. That's right, a Montana State alum is now a GM in the National Basketball Association, so that's pretty cool. And uh, Brasillo and Simmons weren't killing Harrison as much as just saying that he has uh, some incredibly tough decisions coming up. Uh, Do they sign and trade Kyrie? Do they re-sign Kyrie and roll the dice there? Uh, I'm not even sure. Um, but it, I, it, I don't know if they're even sure either, and that's what makes the upcoming decision potentially uh, detrimental. The other scenario that we got going right now is that the, uh, the 7, 8, 9, 10 are going to play uh, for the rights to play the 1 and the 2, and right now looks pretty, pretty certain that Denver's going to be the 1 seed and Memphis is going to be the 2 seed. Well, that's the other intriguing part to me with the way that the West is is going to come down the, to the wire here. Like I said, these teams have six, seven games left here in the regular season. But the Sacramento Kings are third all, all alone, and they're five games clear of the Phoenix Suns for fourth. Now, that's what sets up an interesting scenario. And this is where Brian Windhorst went this morning, and this is where I've heard several national analysts go, is that... Right now, the Golden State Warriors are in sixth. They're half a game up on the T-Wolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves are in seventh, and uh, then the Golden State Warriors are up a game and a half on the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. But the Pelicans, uh, are they, and, and, and the Pelicans are a game and a half behind because they lost to the Warriors last night, despite having a sizable uh, halftime lead. But here's why the scenario is fascinating because the Kings haven't made the playoffs in 17 years. The Kings, I don't even say you could, I, I don't even think they're the laughable losers of the NBA. They're the irrelevant losers of the NBA. There's like 29 NBA teams, and then there's the Kings in terms of the their piece of the pie. They don't have they haven't had any sort of the, the NBA is so good at at spreading the love around to so many different superstars and so many different markets, and there's only been a couple markets that have been totally in the, not had any of the light shed on them. have gotten almost no piece of the pie. And Sacramento is one of them. And even now, I wouldn't say they have any sort of headlining superstars, although they do have several notable and and very good players. I mean, De'Aaron Fox has turned into a, I don't know, top 25, top 30 guy. Uh DeMonte Sabonis is certainly one of the better front court players in the league. So they do have Good players there in Sacramento, but that's what all the pundits are are pushing toward now. Is that the Warriors? They just got to fend off not playing in the play-in round, and then they, if they get the six and the Kings hold at the three, which is a, a likely scenario, then all of a sudden the Warriors get the Kings, and the Warriors have been in the playoffs pretty much perennially over the last decade. They are the defending champions. They've won. I don't know, count them up, is it four or five championships now during this awesome run? Either way, they are the team of the here and now. They are the most recent dynasty in the NBA. They've been in the playoffs over and over and over again, and this roster has won at such a high level in the playoffs, whereas the Kings, most of these guys on the team were toddlers the last time the Kings were in the playoffs. So, you know, the other thing is the Kings have gotten to this point uh, by playing a pretty definitive style – Uh, They're averaging 121 points per game, which uh, leads the NBA. They're also giving up about 119 points per game. and I think that's the other reason why the Warriors might be licking their lips uh, thinking about playing Sacramento because uh, the Warriors are one of the most devastating teams offensively in the league when they're humming along at a good pace as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I I think that the West is still completely wide open. I do think if the Warriors... Draw the Kings. They're going to have an opportunity to make a run. The uh, the Nuggets are going to be in a put up or shut up mode because they can't just be the precocious underdogs anymore. Now they got to prove they can win in the playoffs. They've proven they can perennially make the playoffs. Now if they get the top seed, they got to prove that they can win in the playoffs. They've been so good at home though, so home court advantage will certainly help them. It's the same thing with the Grizz. Uh, they've been outstanding at home as well. The Nuggets are thirty-two and six at home. Memphis is thirty-three and five at home. So. Those are certainly two of the best home court advantages uh, in the playoffs. Golden State, actually, the third best home record in the West, 31-8. and eight. That's impressive, but also expected. The Warriors are also 9-29 and 29 on the road. Part of that's load management. Part of that's the health of their team. But, uh, Andrew, what do you think of this? What do you think of if the Kings drew the Warriors a 3-6? Uh, almost always the three seed will be favored. They're not going to be the favorite in that series, though, I don't think. Yeah, but I think this
3: is good for the Kings, right? Because how do you grab the attention of the country after 20 years of being out of the spotlight? You go and beat the Warriors and you put a stake in the heart of that dynasty because this would be really the first time that the Warriors will have uh, lost with the healthy Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green nucleus. Uh, I think that there's a lot of upside in that potential series for the Kings. And, of course, you know the motivation is going to be there for Sacramento anyway. I, I think that this is the first round opponent that they have a chance of playing that they will be most motivated to take on.
0: Interesting. Well, it will be fun to see how it all plays out, but I do think that's a juicy spot for the Warriors. But if you're, Andrew's right, though, if you're the Kings, you're having a great year. You're having a, a, a you know, I'm not going to say all time great year, but it's one of the better years they've had and certainly the best year they've had uh, in the last long span. I mean, almost two decades since they last made the playoffs. The, uh, the East, uh, the, the 7, 8, 9, 10 right now is Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago. <laughs> Talk about just the land of disappointment. I don't really know how any of those teams are just where they're at right there. But I, I, I mean, the, the hierarchy, the, the 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 top three in the East are, are pretty much cut and dry and defined right now with the Bucs, uh, the Celtics, and the 76ers. Cleveland has been impressive in their improvements and uh, the the additions they've made that have helped them improve. Donovan Mitchell went off again last night. And uh, so, you know, they're, they're certainly a, a competitive team. But, like, Miami and Atlanta have no excuse to be behind the Knicks. But Jalen Brunson has inexplicably but also pleasantly, surprisingly, been better than guys like Trey Young. Uh, the Hawks are just – I don't know why they're stuck. Uh, part of it – maybe you say is coaching, but part of it's just sort of underachieving as well. They should have been better given the core that they have of young players. Those guys just haven't really gotten them anywhere. So uh, what do you think of just these seven, eight, nine, ten 10 spots uh, on the east and the west, Andrew? Uh, first of all, the east, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, and then in the west, it's Minnesota, New Orleans, The Lakers, of course, because they'll just hang on forever. And uh, then the Oklahoma City Thunders. Any of these teams, could they actually make noise outside the play-in rounds? No, I don't.
3: I don't think so. Miami is one that you, you have to watch if they yeah. get in, right? Because that is a team that has a ton of playoff experience.
0: Why have they fallen off a little bit? I mean, they played in the finals in the bubble a couple of years ago. Is it, are those guys just getting older? Is it Jimmy the, Butler just older those now? Those guys
3: are getting older. Kyle Lowry is the older, one who's, yeah. who's really yeah. gotten old. Yeah. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's missed some time this season. Either yeah. Jimmy Butler's missed some time this season or everybody else has missed some time this, this season right. for them. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, but again, that is a team that always turns on the juice in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler takes it to another level. For sure, always in the playoffs. They've never been a great regular season team. Even yeah. when they when they made that finals, or uh, you'll remember them taking the Celtics down to the wire yep. last year in the playoffs. They weren't a great regular season team last yeah. year. But the thing is that they're they're still going to be a pain to play against in the playoffs because yeah. of Butler and Bam Adebayo yeah. and just the culture around that team. So they're, they're one to watch in the, in the East. I don't think anybody else in those playing spots. I'm out on Atlanta.
0: Yeah, why do they suck?
3: Um, Trey Young, Trey Young is just not the guy to build your team around. Yeah. He's right. he's a guy who needs he's the ball flashes, in his hands, but
0: like he's, he's a great player. He's a, he's a yeah, is he a winning player though?
3: Right. He that, can That's he, the biggest question. He might be one of the worst defenders in the league cuz not only is he not a good defender, he's also tiny. Right. And he needs the ball in his hands a ton and regardless of how pretty a pick and roll he runs, he just he doesn't fit with a ton of other players. And and the defense thing has been bad, and I think that there's been some chemistry issues with him and Nate McMillan, the head coach down there. Uh, so well, I'm McMillan uh,
0: got fired though, right? Oh he, yeah, did they pick up Quinn Snyder? McMillan got fired and Quinn Snyder got hired. So I mean that's part of it. They they. Th- it's clear that they think that they've underachieved. Their front office thinks they've underachieved because sure. they fired the coach in the middle of the season. So, uh, the other one that I think I always thought it was very confusing because I thought they had this nice core and they won a playoff series a couple of years ago when Trey Young was sort of first breaking out as a, a real you know, NBA star. They caused the 76ers Ben Simmons thing to fall apart when That's they right. beat
3: them and they went to the conference the finals. The conference finals. The year the Bucks won. The Bucks right. knocked them off in the conference finals. And
0: maybe the Mavs are going through a similar thing as the Hawks went through a couple of years ago. Ironic because. That was the swap, and that's a a draft day trade that's going to live in infamy forever. Uh, Trey Young and Luka Doncic, especially if Doncic is like you know this all-time great player, and and Young is just sort of uh, stuck in ninth place. But I always thought it was so confusing that they traded for Dejounte Murray because Murray needs the ball, right? And Trey Young needs the ball too. That just uh, though when they had Trey Young and John Collins and uh, who's the shooter. Uh, Kevin Hooter, I think, then Hurter. He's now in
3: Sacramento, and he's been great for them. And he's been
0: great. That Atlanta team was better around Trey Young than this one is, though, because what does DeJounte Murray do? He can't really shoot, right? He doesn't even need to be a creator.
3: Yeah, I think the gamble was that you could have gotten Trey Young to play a little bit more off the ball because he should be a a devastating spot-up shooter, right? And then that also DeJounte Murray's defense would sort of mask some of Trey Young's defensive flaws. So I, I... I can sort of see the strategy in going after a player like that, but I think it's taken them longer to start gelling than, than the front office in Atlanta thought, and I think you're right that you you can poke some holes in that move, but I, I, I saw the logic. I saw the argument for it. It just hasn't worked out. And, you know, there were the two big guard moves in the East this offseason with the Hawks getting DeJounte Murray and the Cavs getting Donovan Mitchell. And it sort of just shows the dichotomy of how those moves can work out because those teams, I think, a lot of pundits were putting those teams in the same place in the preseason. They are saying these teams are going to be trying to avoid the play and get into the fifth or sixth seed. Well, one of them's done a lot better than that, and then one, it, it just hasn't worked out.
0: A Hall of Fame class with some international flavor, which I think sort of paints the picture of basketball on the world stage over the last 20 to 25 years. We'll talk about the upcoming inductees to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and why it's significant beyond just their inductions. I think it's symbolic of how globalized the game has become. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. It's New Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot?
1: Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now.
0: When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, well, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot?
1: Yeah. So I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise.
0: What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot?
1: I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community.
0: And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it, it seems like such a great company to work for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable.
0: If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com.
1: This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
0: Happy Wednesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Missing today's Nuanas is Now. You can find it on the Nuana's Now podcast. We talked Darian White departure from Montana State. Take a look at how that impacts the key returners in the Big Sky Conference of women's basketball. We talked some Major League Baseball, specifically the AL and NL East with our good buddy Sean Rainey of SWX Montana Television. Heard from Patrick O'Connell, former All-American Grizz linebacker who will participate in his Pro Day Next week here at the University of Montana, and we also talked some NBA, all of it on the Nuwana's Now podcast, available on all of your podcast hosting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you. Thanks to the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and thanks to the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any day when you're on the Montana State campus. The uh, upcoming inductees into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, star-studded as it always is, but I, I do think maybe a little bit more symbolic of the sort of pioneers of the influencing of the changes of the game, particularly at the highest level. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Greg Popovich, Pau Gasol, and Tony Parker will be the inductees as along with WNBA legend Becky Hammond. The reason this is so uh, impactful And also just sort of so symbolic is that uh, I've been watching this Redeem Team documentary that they have on Netflix, and it's easy to forget how much USA basketball fell from grace. USA, I think, won nine out of the first ten Olympic gold medals. The only one that they didn't win was sort of the screwjob that they experienced in Munich in 1972. But then when they lost in 88 to the Soviets, all of a sudden— a complete changing of the rules, and that's where the dream team came from. And then, then Team USA completely dominated for three straight Olympics. But then, in 2000, and, uh, I guess it would have been 2004, they fell down again, and they got beat by Puerto Rico, got beat by Argentina. And so, all of a sudden, they have to rebolster the entire thing. But those wins by those uh, other countries outside the United States in Olympic basketball it caused for a wave of international players to descend upon the NBA. Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, and Tony Parker, certainly three of them. Nowitzki from Germany, Gasol from Spain, and Parker from France. It also caused teams to to play a lot differently. I think Greg Popovich was one of the first coaches to sort of embrace that. And uh, we saw just sort of the the in international style and even some international rules directly impact the way the game was played in the NBA. And that's why we have such this high-flying spread out, wide open style that puts such a high priority on skill and shooting and all that. And so those guys certainly uh, influencers, pioneers, and uh, maybe something we'll hash out a little bit later, because I'm going to keep watching this doc, and I'm sure I'll have plenty more to say about it. Tomorrow, the return. Carol and the does No Sports. Plus, Colby Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Sean Rainey, his last of his three days of baseball previews. Royce Robinson, our Class A, boys basketball player of the year. All of it. Tomorrow we'll see you then. Duan is now ESPN Radio.